I'm Rob Hopkins, and this is Imagination Taking Power, a podcast where I share with you conversations, insights, and aha moments on my journey towards writing a book about imagination. Last week, I embarked on a 10-hour train journey to Dundee in Scotland to visit a project I'd heard about on the radio called Art Angel. We know that stress, trauma, anxiety, loneliness and depression all have an adverse impact on the human imagination, causing it to shrink and contract. We know that people suffering from those things find it harder to think about the future in positive ways, to feel any hope of possibility in what lies ahead. As the UK faces what people are calling an anxiety epidemic with an accompanying decline in imagination, I was curious as to what I might learn from an organisation that works with people on the hard end of the anxiety crisis and how art, play and imagination can help. Rosalie Summerton is Artistic Director at Art Angel and made me feel very welcome at their centre in the city. At the start of the day, in which I took part in two classes and chatted with artists and other people involved in the project, I sat down with Rosalie for an introduction to the work they do. Trained as an artist, she became especially interested in working in community with a wide variety of different groups. She found herself working for ArtsLink Central with people with mental health issues and realised she'd found her passion. When she saw a job advertised at the Dundee Rep Theatre for a project called Art Advocacy, she was curious and applied. Over time, as you'll hear, that project evolved into Art Angel, and she's been there ever since. Art advocacy began as an exploration of how to empower people to develop a voice in the community through art. I started by asking her how, over the past few years, she's noticed the impact of government-imposed austerity in Dundee and on the people walking in through Art Angel's doors. Definitely. And Dundee is the sanctions capital of Scotland. So um, we see a lot of people really struggling with the whole benefits thing and since it changed and the lack of support for people and the feeling that, you know, when you go for the interviews that basically you're lying, you know, and that you're not trusted. That has grown and become a massive issue to the extent where we actually have Citizens Advice Bureau coming here now uh, to meet up with people who are struggling here on the premises. And yes, there's a greater number of people presenting with mental health issues of all kinds, anxieties, massive depression, all sorts of things going on. Young people, obviously, there's an increase in young people. And so we've responded. We've got young people's groups. We've got young men's groups now because young men are particularly susceptible and there's a lot of suicide amongst young men. Um, basically we need more, more projects doing more work like this obviously not everybody's interested in art but we need a wide range of uh, different things for people to get involved in in the community um, and they're just not there because the money's not there um, so yeah we're seeing more people and obviously we have a limit to the amount of people we can take uh, especially since we want to keep this place with the ethos that we have, which is one of a very friendly and easy place to be for people. If we overload that with people, we won't have that. Mm. You know, we want to know everybody's names. We want to be able to talk to people. And if we just start taking thousands of people, it will just change the whole way this place works. Um, and what does, uh, and what does, so when people are, when people are feeling very isolated and anxious yeah. and depressed, what is it that uh, does, how does art help? Well, obviously, first of all, when people are struggling with anxiety and things, where any mental health issues, communication can be a major problem. 
So art provides an alternative way of expressing yourself. Um, and it's not like art therapy necessarily in that people come and paint their problems. Some people do paint their, what's happening, you know, or some people write about it, or some people take photographs and align it with that. But most people we find, in actual fact, want to have time away from their issues. And this place provides a safe space to do that. You don't have to think about anything. Nobody's judging you. You can be relaxed. You can develop your artwork and your skills. You can learn new things. You can share your skills with other people. Um, people are coming from all walks of life, so everyone has got different things they can bring to our angel and share with other people. And that happens all the time. And that includes support for mental health issues. It's not the kind of place people sit around and talk about their mental health issues all the time. Mm. But if people want to, they can. And I think that's the good thing. There's no pressure to but you can if you want to and someone will listen to you and give you that time and space to explain what's going on and it's not that we give loads of advice about what we think you should do it's more that we just do listen and, and give you that space to tell us what's going on mm. and obviously we can refer people on but it's very limited as to what you can refer people to now because even things like psychology or um, therapies, you know, you're talking about a year, year and a half wait, you know, it's just, that's not going to do, mm, you know, it's, mm, not, it's not good mm. enough really. So there's a lot of failings in the system and that's the other thing is because the mental health uh, system here the, is failing, it means that people aren't getting that initial time with the services to kind of maybe settle to a point where coming to a place like this they could get a lot from it straight away. We're really having to do that that first bit of work ourselves. So we're seeing people in a lot worse situations than we were maybe about eight, nine years ago. People were coming a wee bit more settled to start with because they'd had spent time with the services and that had helped. And now they're just coming, you know, they've had the services for two weeks or something and somebody spoke to them a couple of times and that's it, you know. Mm -hmm. So they're coming to us still very unwell. Um, and so we're having to deal with that a lot more. And, you know, we're having to deal with things on a weekly basis that we've never dealt with before. It's a real challenge. Um, but we're really interested in people and seeing people getting well and staying well. Yeah. And they can do that by using art. And they can do that by using art as a transformative tool. It's a place you come and you're not you know, you're not bipolar, you're not depressive, you're not this or that, you're actually an artist. You've come here and now you're an artist and you're working on your piece of art mm. and you're learning things and you're thinking about what you're going to do next and you're learning about other artists and you're going to exhibitions and you're just building up your interest and your passion for art. Um, and a new kind of identity, I guess. A new and a new identity. Self. That is exactly the trans transforming part of it is that it is a new identity because we very much believe here, and this has come through the people who we work with, that um, you know recovery isn't about regaining what you had before. It just the reason you got ill quite often is because you were doing things before that made you ill. Mm. So to go back to that just seems pointless. It's about developing a new life and new things that are going to help you keep well, stay well, and have an enhanced life, not just maintain yourself, 
you know, but actually get some enjoyment out of life, be able to, as I say, contribute to things, be part of something, be part of a community. And uh, I think Art Angel achieves that really well because people have told me that it has. <laughs> and I think that's that's the way we work. We say, what do you think? You know, we just had, in fact, you would have enjoyed that. That would have been a good time to come. We had a creative evaluation day, which we have every couple of years, where everybody in the project comes on the same day. It's a total rami. And we have workshops and we have many different ways of people feeding in what they think about the project, but mostly using creative means. So they're doing things that they would normally do, or they're maybe trying something new. They've maybe never gone to creative writing. They think, oh, let's do some creative writing today. And it just, we, it generates an awful lot of absolutely brilliant material that we can use. And we then, I've got this old one, uh, we then can create this kind of evaluation paper which just has a mixture of visuals and information that comes straight from the people who come here. Mm. And at the end of it, we kind of produce this um, action plan, which is like things that we need to change or do or improvements, or and then we do those. Fantastic. So it's great. I mean, I have to say we're pretty lucky because most of the improvements and changes revol revolve around things like glue paper and, you know, Stuff biscuits, like biscuits, <laughs> uh, as ever. But it just gives us a chance to see what people are thinking about what we do and how we do it, because we want to do the best we can for the people who come. Mm. And the only way we know we're doing that job okay is by asking them. Mm. And that's why we get very frustrated when we get asked for kind of scientific statistics and all sorts, because really people's personal testimony to me, mm. you know, if someone says this is helping them, why wouldn't I believe that, you know? It just makes sense. Mm, mm. Um, the, 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 the sort of, um, if we, because th the thing I'm writing is about imagination. Yes. So, and one the definition that I like of that is that it's the ability to see things as though they could be otherwise. Yes. And yeah. that one of the and one of the key bits of that is that ability to imagine the future in positive yes. ways yes. and look to the future. Yeah. I wonder if there's a, if you have any stories or any reflections on what when people come in and they're very anxious mm -hmm. and very depressed and stuff, how how that is for them at that time. Yes. And then how you've seen going through this process change that or affect yes. that. I mean basically I mean, most people that come here initially can hardly look you in the eye, to be honest. You know, they're they're broken. And they feel quite often as if it's their fault that they've done something wrong and that they've kind of ruined their family, they've made lost their friends. There's a lot of loss involved. And uh, they just don't think anything of themselves at that point. So it's very hard. That point is so important for how our workers work. The staff are essential in this whole game because if they're not good, then the whole thing wouldn't work. So basically, we will spend time with that new person just finding out what they've been doing before, what kind of things they like, what they're interested in. And on that first day, we'll just spend time with them and make sure that they feel like they've got something. Like we'll, we'll make sure that they create something on that day. Um, and, and that's really hard for them to do because they're in a brand new place, don't know anybody it probably seems like everyone else is painting away and they know what they're doing. So it's quite daunting. But usually we find we can somehow, and it's hard to describe how, get that person on a bit of paper or on a canvas or with a piece of clay doing something. And that's always great because then 
they feel like they've achieved something that day, you know. And quite often we'll say, you know, if you find the two hours too much on the first day, don't do it. But everybody stays the full time. And most people will tentatively start to say hello to their neighbours. And there's other people in the group that are kind of naturally good at peer support who will come over and speak to them and show them around and, you know, make sure they know where all the materials are and stuff. So we go from there and because what people are doing is working on their own projects. It's not a case of we say today we're all doing so-and-so and this is how you do it. We're encouraging people to take control right from the start and say, no, I'm interested in manga, for instance. And so we'll get hold of the manga books out and we'll just encourage them to look at the books and maybe come up with some ideas and tentatively start doing some drawing. And from there, they start to build up their own project. And what's great is that they will stick to their the thing that they may have done in the past, even if it was at school years ago at the beginning. And then I can assure you by six months later, they'll be doing something radically different. You know, they'll be painting on canvas, they'll be doing some big sculpture, they'll be taking themselves well out of their their kind of um, comfort zone into a whole new plane because they feel safe to do that here. Um, and nobody is, because we're so based in the process as well, you know, the process is therapeutic. The process is when people are concentrating on their piece of art, they're intellectually, they're using their brain to just make these decisions on almost unconsciously and they'll be away in, in their own wee world for hours and everything else is gone, you know, and they're they're just focused on what they're doing. And in between times they're having chats and cups of tea, but then they'll focus back in on their piece of work and the time will have gone like that. Whereas if, if they'd been at home, it would have seemed like hours and hours and hours. So mm. it's just that that therapeutic engagement with art, with materials, the physical, holding charcoal, getting paint on your hands, clay, all of that, it's exciting. And we just find after six months, people are kind of beginning to go, mm, maybe I could try this, maybe I could try that. Never done that before, what do you think? And we'll go, yeah, yeah. why don't you try it? Uh, <coughs> and people will, and, and of course, it's not always successful, and it's trying to say as well that the, because it's a process, it's never going to always be successful to you, but at the same time, you're always learning in something new from everything that mm. you do. And, you know, you can see, and that's another thing that we do at some point with a new person, maybe into the six months, we'll take all their work out and have a look and you can always see how they've developed. Mm. And then they go, oh, wow, I didn't realise. And, you know, that's so encouraging. And the lovely thing about it as well is as opposed to physics or something, yeah. that, there's, there's no right answers. That's what I love about yeah. art. There's no parameters. Not, oh, you've done it wrong. <laughs> there's no parameters. But, of course, we do have to battle with the, the fact that a lot of people have a very set idea about what art is. Mm. So they'll maybe come in and say, I really want to learn how to draw so-and-so. And then you, so you'll maybe set up a still life for them knowing what's going to happen. And, of course, they'll be really disappointed because they can't draw it. And for some reason, people seem to think that you can just draw or not draw. And we kind of say to them, well, really, if you want to learn how to draw, you really have to do that every day. It's something you have to work at. It's a mm. skill that you build up over time. And some people will just keep at it and you can see their skill building up. Other people will just start going off on their own tangents, which I like because... I think that's far more interesting because that's their own ideas coming out and it, it's almost their own soul coming out in a way. It's their energy and 
their ideas, I think, are far better than, you know, trying to do this sort of arcology, well, old days arcology, sort of still lifes and, and drawing that way. Um, but if somebody does want to do that, <coughs> can. can you, would, would, would you give them formal yeah. art yeah, we can do. We yeah. can. And we've got, I mean, all of our tutors are artists. They're all trained at art college, so they can do that. The majority of people move away from that, though. They do, yeah. because it's a wee bit boring, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that once you've learned the skill, you've learned the skill. But, as I say, most people will take off on a tangent. And then maybe a year into things, you really, again, see changes where people feel comfortable here, they uh, going, you know, because the whole thing is for people to start taking control of their lives again. I mean, it is a wee bit different now because previously, may, maybe 10 years ago, a lot of people we were seeing were coming out of hospital. You know, they'd been in hospital for large periods of time and there's still a lot of people are going in and out of hospital, but nobody stays for long these days. You're in and you're out, you know. Mm. Um, and, and so they were far more used to, you know, a bell rings, you get your medication bell rings, you have your lunch. So you're disempowered completely um, whereas now it's not quite the same but we still have people coming in asking us if they can go to the loo if they should use a colour or not and and you know we're just trying to encourage people to say you can make those decisions trust yourself uh, you can do that and they're responsible for their art space cleaning up doing all that so you know everything they do here they're responsible for and I think that's really good because that helps confidence as well. You start to realise you can do all that stuff. It's, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of folk had jobs and stuff in the past as well. And, you know, they've had lives before um, where some of them had big responsibility, you know. So, yeah, it's good. And I, I think all of those little things start to kind of make a difference to a person. And after time, you do see them as I say, getting much more confident, really developing their art and getting so excited about the art. Some of the stuff that comes out is amazing. And that's why we have frequent exhibitions and things as well, so that we can get the work out there and in the community and kind of show people what we're up to. Um, We've had, for the the young people especially, we've had young people showing films and then talking about them to the public. um, And that's been really good. Um, so just taking things further. The other thing that was, so we have these regular groups happening all the time, so there's continuity, you know, certain time, certain place, you're there here on this week. But we also have one-off projects where we're working with other art organisations, bringing people in or other artists in. Um, for We had one last year called the Universe Project, and we were up at the local, um, we were working with the McManus Gallery, and we were uh, working with a science fiction writer who came in for a short period of time and did a load of science fiction stuff. And we were working with a science fiction artist and we were going to the observatory here. There is an observatory in Dundee and looking through the telescope and the theme was universe and it just went off on a tangent, the, the theme. Um, but we ended up with a fantastic exhibition and a fanzine and, you know, so lots of one-off projects, taking people into places we don't go, like doing printmaking or we don't have the facilities to do some things here. So we'll maybe take people to do things outside here or bring an artist in specifically to do something. So it's taking people, you know, giving them a huge range of different opportunities, really. Mm. Yeah. There's a question I've asked everybody <laughs> I've, I've during this whole project, which was if you, if you had been elected as the prime minister of Scotland and you had run on a 
platform of make Scotland imaginative again. So, yeah. so you felt that actually, you know, this was a time, maybe more than any other time, when, when we need people to be at their most imaginative, yeah. to be able to figure out ways around the big challenges that we have. So you you came into office on this thing that we're, <laughs> we're going to really, we need to focus on building the imagination, whether it's in politics, in education, yeah. all through the life of our yeah. society. Where would you start? What would you do in your first hundred days? Well, I think I'd probably start in <coughs> education because, you know, you want to start with people when they're very young so that it's part of their lives forever. You know, that it's it's something that they're doing and feeling part of right from the beginning, you know, um, because that's one of the things with their, obviously with the VNA being here, there's been a lot of discussion about you know, £86 million have gone from local money to the VNA, yet, you know, there's all this poverty and difficulty and drugs and all these things happening to a community that's kind of the other side of the Kingsway, which is Big Road in Dundee, um, so it's not visible. And, you know, that's one thing about the years previous when I did work in community, there was a lot more money around to work with people in places like that, so you could get people excited about art everywhere, you know, people who maybe never even thought about art began to get excited about art because it, it was there, you could work with people, whereas now it's not visible. So I, I just think that I would start with young people straight away, and they're the future anyway, so that they would take that into the future as well. Um, so I'm, you know, right from the word go. Um, and, and, and that would filter into everything that we do uh, because I, I don't think schools are very imaginative at all. I mean, I, I don't I don't think they're creative. I don't think... I think they're there to make little workers. And, you know, I feel quite strongly that there is a whole p bunch of people in society who are forgotten and not cared about. And now, even demonised, you know, uh, everybody else thinks they're terrible, you know. And I think that's ter a terrible, terrible thing. Hello? Hello? Hi there. Yeah, so it's, um, <laughs> I mean, how you would do that, I really don't know. I think you'd have to have really amazing people working in these areas that could bring that excitement uh, and bring an idea of what imagination is, because it's almost been stullified. I mean, it's almost stomped on now, you know, mm. to have imagination. You're not supposed to have imagination, you're just supposed to do what you're supposed to do and, mm. you know, and I find that in workplaces as well. That's another thing that really gets me is that in workplaces there's this terrible bullying thing going on throughout people's work and it's accepted instead of looking at what people's strengths are and saying, hey, you're really good at that, why don't you do that? And this other guy's really good at that and then you could do could work together and use your imagination to build this incredible uh, future. Instead, it's just, no, so you're expected to do everything and if you don't do it, you're weak and then you're out and then you end up here. You know? mm -hmm. So um, that's another thing. That I was interested, when you, were, when you were talking before, you used the word attention and I wonder, you know, it feels like we're in the middle of a kind of an attention, people talk about an attention crisis, that everyone's attention is shot to bits and they can't focus on anything. I think that's you know, true. And it's one of the, and I wonder if you've seen an increase in that, and then also it sounded like when people come in, part of the thing is learning 
the art is so beautiful at that, yeah. that sort of actually yeah. Yeah, learning to focus your attention yeah. on something. Yes, that focuses. And obviously, of course, a lot of the people that we're working with are taking medication and that does affect their ability to concentrate. Or, um, But I think generally, yes, I think uh, with all the different sort of, you know, we're all attached to our phones, you know, and we're always looking at the phone. Even when you go see a movie, it's really fast and furious and quick and you know, there's no pause or time to speculate. It's always just everything's full on and we feel as if we're not being entertained unless it is. And uh, I think attention spans have definitely gone shot to pieces. Mine is, but that's because I'm dyslexic anyway, so <laughs> I do find it quite hard to focus sometimes. But um, I do think a lot more, we are seeing a lot more people who are just kind of finding it hard to focus on things. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, I'm, so tomorrow morning I'm going to go and have a look at the V&A thing and the, I heard about your project because there was a programme on Radio 4 that yes. was about the yeah. V&A and about yeah. you as well and I wonder has, has in, in terms of if, if you want to um, sort of rekindle a community's mm-hmm. uh, imagination yeah. is building an enormous uh, multi-million pound thing a, con- a contribution to that? Is it a distraction from that? What's your sense of the impact no, that that has had? I don't really think it is, I'm afraid. I mean, I think there's been a very good response by the public and they've gone around talking to all sorts of people. Um, and generally, I think people are quite excited about uh, that. But of course, if you went up to Whitfield or any of the areas in Dundee which are impoverished and struggling, I don't think they would say the same. They would say, how come that money didn't go into helping us, you know, and again, there's that sense of being left behind. I think, really, we need to put much more money into working with people in these situations, doing all the different things we can do to help them to realise that they aren't rubbish, that they're just as important as everybody else, and that they have huge things to offer. Um, And given the chance to do that, they would. You know, but I just get the sense that it's almost like, well, they're up there. I mean, every city's got it. You know, uh, the difficult bits are outside town, so we don't need to think about that. And I know there is a lot of good work going on, but it's not enough. You know, it's just not enough. So I think putting a big patch on it like that is not really fully the answer. I mean, obviously for us, it's exciting because we can work with people in a way that helps them to realise that they're just as uh, you know, open to going to the V&A as anybody else, and why shouldn't they? And we can go together, um, so they won't have that sense of going into this massive building on their own. But it is daunting for anybody um, from our project, even to go into DCA, which is Dundee Contemporary Arts, yeah. or any other building that's uh, public like that. Um, there's still a sense that should I be here, you know, and. We try and battle against that all the time. So there's a lot of background work needs to be done before people can go, hey, the V&A is actually all right. You know, at first, naturally, they're going to think, what a waste of money because we're up here in the pits. Uh, you can't help it. You're bound to see it that way. Um, but if we can understand that actually culture is good, culture is what can help us get through this stuff and it can help us to be a happier people, then our work would be done. But there's, it's just not happening. You know, it's not happening to the extent it needs to. The money isn't there. The support isn't there. And you see it, there's primary schools in Scotland. Many of them don't have art anymore. Or it's, it's the teachers themselves that do the art. And, of course, 
they'll do it in a way which is, you know, you get this and this and you stick them together and you make a nice picture. But that's not creative to me. No. That's creative, you know. So I think we really do need much more creativity and imagination, as you say. Imagination is such a great word. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, they did it with the DCA as well when they built that. That was going to be the answer to everything. But, of course, it's not. You know, it's, it's not. Um, not saying... I'm excited about it, I am, and you know, I've been on Radio 4 saying that and I've also been on the Skinny magazine saying the same thing because I want it to be good and I've almost given a challenge to the B&A by saying you're going to be doing everything you can to make sure as many people can come here, aren't you, kind of thing. Yeah, so I'm hoping to hell that they do, do some outreach work and work with people in a way that's going to help them see that, yeah, they're just as welcome as anyone else.